Welcome to Media Post's Brand Insider. I'm your host, Steve Smith, Editorial Director of Events here at Media Post. Each week, we interview marketing leaders from companies old and new about how they build and evolve their brands on an unpredictable media and culture terrain. In addition to this full audio interview in podcast form, we also publish a companion newsletter with highlights from the Q&A. Media Post has been covering marketing and media news for over 20 years. You can find the Brand Insider Weekly as well as our daily coverage at MediaPost.com. For now, let's get into it. Let's welcome to the Brand Insider, Yvonne Kinzer. She's the head of digital marketing and e-commerce for Avocados from Mexico. Avocados from Mexico is a unique group. It's a nonprofit marketing organization aimed at increasing demand for hundreds of importers and distributors and thousands of growers and packers of avocados grown in Mexico. Yvonne has been with the company for over six years uh, and had previously had marketing roles at Hager Clothing, American Airlines, Richards Group. She and colleagues at Avocados from Mexico have spoken at our insider and summits on several occasions. And on a number of those occasions, a lot of the marketing efforts touch upon what has been an annual appearance of the brand at the Super Bowl. Company has had Super Bowl ads since 2015, and they often get tied to a wider range of digital extensions. This is only the most splashy of their marketing efforts. Shopper marketing has been an especially important piece for them as well. And it's interesting how these also have gotten more digital over the years. And I want to talk about uh, a lot this whole range of things. Yvonne, how are you? Where do we find you today? Hi, hi, Stephen. I'm uh, working from home here at Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and it's a balmy 70-something degrees there? It is actually 71 degrees, so uh, it's great. A lot better than yours. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm in Pennsylvania, and we're, we're just cracking 40 here, I think. <laughs> I'm not so- jealous. <laughs> Let's start with the low-hanging fruit. Uh, by the way, and, and I think we're, we're doing this the day before Election Day. We're both in, in swing states. <laughs> yes, that's so true. We're, we're both in states where there's already high anxiety about, the, about tomorrow. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm glad we did this interview today. It's less stress. <laughs> Uh, so let's start with the low-hanging fruit, uh, pun intended. Uh, you're passing on a Super Bowl ad in, for the 2021 Super Bowl after five years of success. Uh, so why now? You know, we, we have been in the Super Bowl since the beginning of the organization. Uh, the organization was created in 2013. The, the, our CEO, Alvaro Luque, has been running the organization since early 2014. And one of the first things he did was to propose to the board of directors to go to the Super Bowl. And we went all in and we have been very, very successful for um, five years, actually six years. So, um, you know, through those six years, we have had a TV spot, as you know, you, you all know, but also, with the TV spot around it, it's, it's a 360 campaign. So it has a really robust digital component and, and PR component. So mm-hmm. in total, in six years, we have delivered 34 billion impressions between mm-hmm. PR and digital. That has really made an impact in brand recognition, brand recall. Of course, the TV spot is very, very strong and powerful to drive that recall and brand recognition. I'm sure anyone can um, think the way, you know, I'm in Avocado from Mexico since 2014, and I clearly remember Avocado from Mexico before the Super Bowl, 
-hmm. what was that perception of the brand and after the Super Bowl. So it has definitely been a very powerful event for us. However, this year we are taking it to reinvent ourselves. Um, one of the things that we really want to make sure is, is that we're not compliant to what we have been doing in the past. The worst thing any organization can, can get into is that mentality of we're going to do it because that's how we have done it in the past. We, we don't want to go there. Um, so we're, you know, taking a, a this year, and by the way, we're going back in 2022, but we're taking this year to explore and other territories and reinvent ourselves. We're still going, um, you know, with a full campaign, digital campaign. And the other big difference is that the ammunition this year is going to be put toward Shop, a shopper activation, very strong shopper activation. Actually, with for first time in, a, in in our shopper activation, with two celebrities, Troy Eggman and Erin Andrews, and um, and again the digital component as big as every year, where you know average we deliver over three four billion social impressions. So so the only difference is that we're not having a TV spot this year. But um, but I think that we're going as strong as just exploring all the other territories. Uh, before I want to drill into all of the, all of those different things. Before we leave the Super Bowl piece, though, um, what have you learned? I know that you, that you know you've you've spoken many times at our events, and one of the things you often talk about is the ways in which you've leveraged the Super Bowl. So over these past five six years, what have been the things you've learned about making the most of that big game moment? What are the channels or the techniques that really have paid off most for you? Yeah, I love that question because I have, you know, it's something that I have thought a lot through the years and it's something that I have um, spoken a lot with, you know, other uh, stakeholders in the industry when I go to conferences like yours, that we have the opportunity to mingle and inter interchange um, um, experiences and opinions with other people in the industry. and. I noticed that everybody in the industry is always very intrigued about what, what is Avocado from Mexico doing to be able to be top one or top two digital campaign for the Super Bowl, which is a, a very competitive event mm -hmm. and be even ahead of other big brands with multi-billion dollars budgets and, and that took me to a lot of um, thinking, uh, what are we doing? And it's the same, that, you know, the same thing that I, I will have answered to them after I thought about it is what I'm going to tell you it, that is we don't have more budget. Uh, we don't have more resources, but we're more agile. We're super fast, uh, maybe because we're a small organization, maybe because we're a flat organization. The decisions are made um, in, you know, real time. Um, really, really quickly. Uh, we have a CEO that supports um, innovation and change uh, strongly and encourages it. So you, when, when we launch a Super Bowl campaign, we have a plan. But by the time we launch and the time that campaign ends, we probably pivoted 
dozens of times every mm-hmm. single day. So, you know, we have real-time data, right, in, in the digital space. So we have real-time information coming in. The ability for a brand to react to that real-time information in, 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 in a, you know, very, very fast, it gives that brand an enormous competitive advantage. So these multi-billion dollar brands that I'm telling you, I really doubt that they can have new information from data right now at 3 p.m. in an afternoon and you know shift gears and by 8 a.m. the next morning pivot toward um, a different direction to seize that opportunity. I think that's key. Is there a good example one, of when you did that really well? I'm sorry. Is there a good example of that, of, of, of a kind of really su- a substantial pivot that paid off that, you know, I, I guess we're talking about even information you're getting in real time during the game itself, where you're deciding to go in certain directions or shortly afterwards? I have many, many examples. Well, let me see what comes to my mind. One time, uh, one of the Super Bowl campaigns, I remember being, you know, we always received um, a lot of uh, emails from technology partners, uh, even in the middle of the campaign. Hey, I have this platform. Hey, I have this great thing. Um, You know, we in this media, we know that a lot of those are maybe no uh, really what, you know, what we need at that specific moment. So so it's impossible. I I don't respond to all, but I know you know, I, I have received so many of those throughout the years and I have explored so many of those throughout the years that I kind of know which one is legit and what is the real thing and which one is going to take my performance mm-hmm. way to the uh, next level. So um, a couple of years ago, I received one of those emails from AI technology company that will uh, tag the TV spot and then um, and and make the connection between the TV spot viewership and or um, pay search campaign. And we will uh, kind of increase the bidding for specific keywords during the time where or uh, TV spot is on air. Mm-hmm. We, um, so I, that we were in the middle of the campaign. I received that email. I ran down the hall told my CEO, we're doing this, Um, go ahead. Went back running, okay, Mm -hmm. let's do it. We pulled that together in a matter of, I think that it was like 48 hours and came back. Well, or, you know, as you can imagine, or um, pay search results and clicks from the pay search campaign increase uh, by three digits. And that is something that we wouldn't have if we wouldn't have the capacity to react so quickly. So that that's one of the examples that come to my mind, but that we live in a, or adrenaline level are really, really high throughout the campaign because of mm-hmm. that, um, you know, opportunities coming at us and we are, you know, identifying which one is going to make a difference and reacting very quickly. And that is like for 30 days during that campaign. Do you do uh, any other live sports marketing throughout the year or had you been doing any? We don't. Um, yeah, no, we don't. We are, um, you know, we, we know that football is an, a context that is a great, great fit for 
avocados because of guacamole. So mm-hmm. like this year, for example, we're talking about, yeah, we're not going to the Super Bowl, but it's not that we're cutting, it's that we're reinventing. Like I give you an example. We have a um, time in the year that we call OND, that is October, November, December. Mm-hmm. That is the key season for us. First of all, because we'll have over 93% um, market share. So the market is ours pretty much. And we have, when we look at the data and the volume of imports of avocados, we see, for example, that um, when we compare the fiscal year or fiscal year 2018-2019 um, um, against the, the volume in 2013-2014, we see the, an increase in volume during October, November, December of 58%. Now, when we go to the following year, 2019-20, we see an increase of 89%. So we see that that's, there's something there. So when, when we look around what is going on in the in, in the world, in, in our world, um, in the United States during that time, and you see you have football, and then you have Thanksgiving, you have New Year. So we, we are um, um, increased or efforts during those three months. And that was part of the same strategy of reinventing ourselves, not going to the Super Bowl this year, but allocating those resources in some key ways that will really increase um, the the sales and and it's gonna help us to move volume. So let's, let's talk about some of the shopper marketing in particular that you've been doing. Why don't you tell us some of the things you've announced lately and the forms of shopper marketing that you're, you're digging into? We, you, every year, as you have seen in the past, um, we digital, my digital group partners with our brand team on a campaign. And the brand team works on the Super Bowl spot, on the PR campaign, and digital works on the on the massive effort for digital. This year, instead of partnering with the brand team, we're partnering with the shopper team. So it is really interesting what is going on this year because what we build together is an experience that cross over from physical to digital. So we have on the shopper side, they are um, executing programs with the retailers, the retail, the retailers that decide to participate in the program, they are going to have um, uh, POS material in stores, including you know the the images of uh, Troy Eggman and and Erin Andrews, but we're also including digital elements like for example QR codes, and through that QR code we bring that shopper from the physical space to the digital space where we're also developing a very, very robust platform. And, and I, we haven't said this to the, the media yet and, um, and, and we were planning to launch uh, later on, but we're doing um, this year a very robust digital campaign that all is going to happen inside a virtual um football field and that is going to have multiple experience like it is or you know or or formula every year we have one big platform with multiple experiences 
So the, what is interesting is that the new element that we're having this year is that one, we're bringing shoppers from the physical experience to the digital experience, and we stay connected with them throughout the campaign. And the other new elements is that we recently uh, launched our e-commerce capabilities. So we're incorporating that e-commerce piece within that experience. So we're going to have shoppers on an ongoing basis throughout the campaign from digital to physical, physical to digital, back and forth. That's a new for us. And, and it, I think the next um, iteration of what a digital platform should be, that connection between two worlds. What form does e-commerce take for your brand? Are you selling avocados direct to consumers or are you working through a lot of the growth? The, I mean, at this point, obviously a lot of people, certainly over the last five, six months, uh, through the COVID crisis have learned to do digital for a lot of their grocery shopping, either direct consumer grocery shopping or to order online through their grocers for delivery or for pickup. I'm, so I'm curious, when you say e-commerce, what does that mean for you? We don't sell avocados. And I'm going to tell you something that we say as a joke, but it's, it's very true. We are not from Mexico and we don't sell avocados. Uh, we're a, <laughs> yeah. We're a marketing company headquartered in Dallas, Texas. And yes, as you say at the beginning, we're the marketing arm of the growers and, and importers and, and packers and distributors of avocado, Mexican avocados, but we're a marketing group. We don't manage the sales data. Therefore, when we started to think about launching an e-commerce effort, we have to invent what e-commerce means in our category on on our product. Um, we couldn't um, just look up into anyone because nobody in our industry is doing it. We couldn't look up into CPG because well, we don't even have a package. We, we cannot do e-commerce the way they do and we don't manage uh, sales. So we literally invent how uh, e-commerce is done in the fresh products category. The first thing we did was to partner with Walmart to customize the avocado page on walmart.com. That was a big first for us. Uh, we're uh, paving the trail for other fresh products companies coming um, in, you know, in the same direction. And what we did, we, we want to we do with Walmart is to optimize that page and that content, applying some sort of SEO within their platform to increase the visibility to our product and our page in six months. And this is, I'm going to make a long story short because it took us about six months of conversations with Walmart because this was also new to them. But as soon as they understood what we wanted to do, they embraced it. Um, they, they're also very hungry for innovation in this e-commerce um, e space. And, and we finally launched in six months, we increased the visibility of the avocado page in 212%. And now that's on something that we want to repeat with other retailers. So on the other hand, this is outside our platform. Inside our platform, we have been for three years now working with um, the technology, uh, technology partner to make all the recipes within our website shoppable. But we don't have the transaction doesn't happen on our page. We make our platforms a bridge from 
the, the, the inspiration phase where the consumers come to the website or website to look for recipes or inspiration because of the benefits of uh, health benefits of avocados. And then we move them to, we help them put products in the cart of the retailer. And the latest effort that we uh, launched was our shop page, which is avocado from Mexico slash shop. So now you can go to our website and you can buy the avocado bags or you can buy uh, avocados individually and you start the shopping experience on our platform, but then in a very, very seamless journey, you end up putting your avocados in the cart of the retailer that you prefer. Why is this so important and what is the great impact that these kind of tactics is going to do that as you know, most of these retailers, the ones that have more sophisticated e-commerce capabilities, they have uh, what we call persistent cart. So that users coming from all platforms put a product in the cart of any of these retailers. And let's say they close the browser, they leave, they, they forget about it, and then they go two days later to their retailer directly, like retailer.com. And... The avocados they put two days ago through all platforms are still going to be there. Mm -hmm. So our function as a retailer enablers is to move product to the mm -hmm. cart. So then the transaction happens on the retailer's side. How has, um, given that sort of uh, flow of consumers, how has the COVID crisis accelerated or redirected some of these efforts? How have you how have you seen the impact of the last six seven months on that pro that e commerce process for you? Yeah. So in in general, or sales um, having so far, we are doing really good on sales, and and it's something that we were kind of. Um, I wouldn't say concern, but looking very closely at the beginning because fresh products is not something that um, generally shoppers feel comfortable to give it to somebody else, like a shopper. Mm -hmm. They like to, we, we know based on research that they like to shop for the fresh product themselves. But, you know, um, locally, that was not the case. Um, we, we, we are doing really good with sales. Now, we started working on developing our e-commerce capabilities way before COVID. And coincidentally, we had already scheduled and, and work with a consulting company during those months of COVID mm -hmm. um, to finish developing our, our capabilities. So we were doing it already. But to answer your question, how that COVID has impact, well, what we we're expecting to see happening five years in terms of results is happening now. Mm -hmm. And like in, in five years, for example, based on this research, um, in the, the two month work that we do with this consultant company in five years, 20% of the avocado sales are going to, or, or the category sales are going to go um, come through e-commerce. So mm -hmm. you can afford missing developing that area when you know that 20% of the sales in your category are going to come through through that channel. Um, and, and, and yeah, basically what it is, is it's just accelerating 
the 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 the, the spirit what all that stuff were coming. Yeah, that's that's a um, a way of of conceiving this that I've I've heard recently is that we've seen in the last six months we've seen five years of uh, of advancement and where where we thought we were going to be in five years suddenly we're we're there now. How has that changed? So then, how do you respond internally to that? Seeing that uh, sort of unexpected acceleration just in six months, how has uh, that impacted your team or how you work? I think we we have um, a new uh, a person actually that was in our team in another team before within Avocado from Mexico. We move her to my team to lead this e-commerce uh, because now it's not about having one e-commerce tactic, what like we were doing, like we're doing, making our recipe shoppable or doing this one tactic here and there. Now we are going all in to um, e-commerce, just mostly supporting our retailers and by pushing the product toward their, the carts in their, um, size so so we, we never had that um, never consider e-commerce as an area before that you need talent specifically um, managing that now we're doing that um, you see uh, changes like what we were talking at the beginning it's not that we um, decide or make this decision about not going to the Super Bowl based on that but you know it just happened right at the same time and now and then we we thought well you know it was really good timing for us making this decision because now um the the decision about purchasing avocados for your super bowl super bowl the the consumer does don't make that decision on game day when the the TV spot is, is airing. The, the consumer makes that decision way before. And that's what a play between digital and shopper effort that, um, you know, is launching actually on January 4th. And it, by the time that Super Bowl is going to be running for a whole month, mm-hmm. that's what we see the real opportunity to move volume. How does this then change, considering that you're you're emphasizing e-commerce, you're seen, you've seen a rapid acceleration in the channel just in the last six months. How does this change in a, beyond just the Super Bowl buy? How does this change your whole marketing mix in terms of then what role does that top of the funnel branding play uh, if you're seeing increased activity at the e-commerce level? How does it change your mix between traditional uh, advertising and digital? Is, has that has that whole plan been reshuffled as well? Look, I oh, year over year, regardless of COVID, we have been increasing the spend on digital um, significantly. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of those dollars are going to not to advertising, but to build our ecosystem. We're developing or First party data, which is big project. So we put together um, our consumers data platform. We are um, focused on building audiences in, in our consumer da- data platform is powered by artificial intelligence and machine learning. So it's just teaching or training that machine. So it helped us to increase the performance of our campaigns. That is something that we didn't have three years ago. The budget of the organization is the budget of the organization. It just doesn't change dramatically uh, one year over other one. So all these 
the space of data building and first party data building, et cetera, that has to come from somewhere. And, you know, it comes from other areas of the organization because digital, on the other hand, on the um, advertising side, is keeps growing because it's, you know, the, the, the logical evolution of the market. Now, um, I couldn't speak for my colleagues of, um, I don't uh, oversee traditional media, but I know that I have heard my colleagues um, commenting about, for example, reducing the um, investment in our home. Um, users are more on the computer, less out, um, you know, and so, so that kind of things don't, don't, doesn't help right now. Um, and, and definitely, you know, I see digital investment go increasing year over year. The, the cost is never goes, you know, back. Right now, mm-hmm. for example, we have 80 million users IDs in our consumer data platform. Well, we have to work with those. We have to enrich them. We have to manage them. We have to pay incremental for as the number grows. So all that is, is you know, a, a, a space where we're needing more and more budget year over year. The, the e-commerce piece, though, also opens up the ability to do more performance marketing, where you can, where, where you're really you're able to measure ROI in a way that you weren't able to when you were doing uh, when you're relying a lot more on brand uh, brand advertising, pushing people in. So I'm I, I'm curious, are there particular channels now that you're leaning into that maybe you hadn't before? Um, definitely, uh, ROI. I will say yes and no. Um, we don't have visibility through the transaction to the transaction point. We, we don't see that what happened. We the the last point where we have visibility is avocados in the cart. So mm-hmm. that becomes a KPI for us now. It's a new right. KPI. Um, how many avocados we can put in the cart in terms of um, well. You know, to to, uh, to add to your question, to answer your question, one media that had become very, very important for us is space search, mm-hmm. because right now we have to be a lot more mindful of how we use our resources. We have to make sure that we reach those consumers in a space that is the most relevant to them. And what is more relevant that someone raising their hands to ask a question mm-hmm. about your specific brand or your specific product. So um, definitely uh, uh, pay search is becoming, it, it may not be as sexy as other things that we're doing, but it's very, very efficient. And yeah. we're actually now increased significantly or spends on pay search or we're about to because uh, now we're going to launch a separate pay search e-com campaign. So mm-hmm. we build our shopper page. Now we're bringing that, that traffic asking, where can I buy avocados? I mean, it's a no-brainer. What are we going to do? Just bring them to where they can buy avocados. Right. You, you mentioned that you're building up this big database now of first-person data. Um, and now, so now you're getting insight into who these people are, where they are, what their likes, dislikes are. Are there any surprises uh, or, or have you built um, uh, a set of profiles or anything, any keen and new insights that you've gotten now that you're amassing this much more intricate view of your consumer? 
Look, that's a very interesting space that is relatively new to us. It takes a lot of exploration, a lot of analysis, and a lot of thinking to see what is the machine telling us. As you know, uh, that's why we have that artificial intelligence and machine learning within the, the, the platform because it's not us determining what are the most, um, uh, I will say, if, if effective audiences, but it's the machine telling us. So we, mm-hmm. there's different ways to ask this question to the machine. We started by exploring uh, organically what the machine is telling us that is our best demographic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the machine is telling us that there's um, pockets that we were not targeting and according to the machine are very um, effective audiences. And one example is for, uh, you know, you, you we cannot target every single audience all the time. We don't have that kind of budget. You know, very few brands have that kind of budget to target everyone. So our target is uh, women 24, 55 traditionally. But when we ask the machine, give me the best performance audience, then it give us a uh, male demographic plays an important role. Um, baby boomers played an, an important role in, in, in that composition of the audiences that the machine is giving us. However, we need to stay focused. We cannot produce advertising or production dollars are not enough to build for three different audiences because then we're going to lose the personalization, which is so, also very important. So the next step, what we're doing is um, great. So now we're seeing the, the performance of our campaigns increasing like from 14% engagement to 60% engagement mm-hmm. with our audiences. Now, the next step is let's do the same exercise, but now going back to our audience. So within our audience, let's say we ask the, the machine again. Okay, great. Now let's go back and say within our audience, women 2455, what is the most efficient um, um, audience? And I'm telling you this in probably, you know, five minutes, but this process took about a year to get mm-hmm. to this point where we are, because it's, again, it's a lot of analysis and thinking and, and decisions. Well, uh, that's a perfect and creepy way to end because I can tell you one thing, your machine was right in an eerie way. If, you're, if the machine learning was telling you that male boomers are a potential market. I literally walked into my local grocery store yesterday, saw a big wall of avocados and grabbed two and put them in my cart. And my wife asked me, what are we going to do with those? And I said, I don't know yet. (laughs) So there's something creepily accurate about your machine. (laughs) Yeah, no, machine learning is a a fascinating world. And, And again, it's not that we don't want to serve that demographic, we do, and we welcome them in our uh, platforms. But when you want to, which is our other goal, to improve and become um, a lot more sophisticated sophisticated in personalization, mm-hmm. for us to be able to personalize to our three demographics, we need three times our production budget. So right. the decision is not, um, it's more about 
cost efficiencies and how we do the best we can with the budget we have. But um, are we going to get there at some point? I I think so. It's just, you know, it's, it's a normal evolution. Once we have our core demographic completely covered and we can reach 100% of that demographic with the ideal frequency and we still have some money left, then we will open up to other one. But our strategy is... Um, share of wallets strategy is not a household penetration strategy. So we really want to make sure that our core demographic is increasing the, the, the number of avocados that they consume before mm-hmm. we open up to another demographic. Well, I'll look forward to getting the recipes because I'm going <laughs> to need some. You're welcome to come to our site anytime. <laughs> Ivankins are always, always great to have you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you. And thanks for tuning in to Media Post Brand Insider Podcast. You can keep up to date with breaking marketing and media news at mediapost.com. That's also where you can subscribe to the Brand Insider newsletter, where highlighted versions of these interviews can go to your email inbox each week. If you have any comments or suggestions for the Brand Insider series, please send them to me, steve at mediapost.com.